1: Out to deep left field, big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Renhefel falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. Let's go on. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex curry
0: This
2: is Joe adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. This is Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're
0: listening to the All Angels podcast.
2: And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Down Garcia, uh, riding solo today. Here to kind of recap the Orioles series. A series that obviously did not go the way we thought or hoped it would be. Um, you know, Orioles coming in on a huge, huge losing streak. You would think the Angels would take advantage of it. But in true... In true Angels fashion, they kind of lower themselves to their competition. And that's been something that had been a real issue with them kind of this whole year. And honestly, in the recent history, it's kind of been what it's been, where they play like good teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees, uh, the Red Sox, really, really well. And then when they play some of these lesser teams... It just seems like they're not able to get up for those kind of games, um, take advantage of certain situations in those games. And that's kind of what I felt like happened in this series with Baltimore is that um, they had a lot of opportunities. They scored a lot of runs, at least the first couple of the games they did. Um, you know, But they weren't able to take advantage and win some of these games. That the, the offense would get up early. Um, some of the pitchers would not be able to hold it. And there's a whole other conversation with that. The last two games of this series was really, really uh, affected by injuries and, and COVID. And, and well, quote-unquote COVID. They haven't officially come out and say it. Um, but to kind of just give a quick thought or a quick like recap of the series, like I mentioned, they come into Baltimore. And, and two, part of it, and I think this does have an effect on it for – um coming in, you've traveled uh, you know, this is gonna be like a week and a half on the road. You had the, the piss stop in New York, and you have one, two, three, four cities with one day off in between. Um, you can say no excuses, that's fine, but at the same time, Baltimore's trying to win. They're not trying to lose. Those guys on the field are not trying to lose, they are trying to rebuild and tank that's coming from the management. The office management, the the GM, the the you know baseball ops people, they're the ones trying to tank. The guys on the field aren't trying to tank. The guys on the field are trying to win, and if you give them enough opportunity, they are major league players too, and they will take advantage of it. And that's exactly what happened this uh, last three game series in uh, Baltimore. You know, like they they I mentioned they, they won the first game. All right, they won the first game fourteen to eight, but it's still. At that point was kind of a red flag to me because if you listen to the last podcast, I did mention the one thing that Baltimore did have going for them, even though what their record is, they have some guys that can hit, Uh, Mancini, Mullins. um, You know, there's there's guys on the roster that if you give them a mistake, they're not going to be you know double A players where they're just going to miss completely. These guys can put the ball in play, and you match that with a ballpark like Camden Yards that is known to be. A super hitter friendly ballpark. The two and two do not, um, you know, a good offense and a ballpark that breeds that is not a good combination for a pitching staff that does seem to struggle here and there. But like I mentioned, the Angels were up 13 to two going into the fifth inning. And then Baltimore um, scores three in the fifth, three in the sixth. So make it a lot closer than it needed to be but they did come out and they did win this game 14 to eight. This game was started by Dylan Bundy. Again, not the outing you wanted. And especially too, because you, you look at the whole series as a whole, there was a ton of bullpen innings that hasn't happened in a while, but it kind of all started with Bundy only going one in a third innings, um, walking three, giving up a hit. So that was kind of a quick hook, but he did not look good at all. So I kind of understand it, but it kind of now set in motion this bullpen-type game, this um, opener almost, like Bundy's almost like the opener-type game. And you got Junior Gara comes in with two and two-thirds, gives up four runs. Uh, Andrew Wants comes in, gives up two. And then Warren, Ciszek, and Iglesias come in towards the back end and absolutely shut it down. Now, with everything happening at the Little League World Series game um, with uh, Marte coming up positive with covid now you go into the next game the, after the, the the Tuesday game against Baltimore. You talk about the Wednesday game before the game. Now you're talking about Warren and Detmers going on the IL. No, this no reason why they haven't give a reason why. Usually it's an elbow or shoulder or whatever. This time it was nothing. So obviously that laid uh, made a lot of people think it was COVID related. Obviously the Angels can't outwardly say it i think i mean it's kind of it's weird with hipaa laws and i don't there's really big confusion with all that stuff but the fact that they didn't come out and say hey it's because of x y or z made everyone think and i kind of agree with it that it is covid related so we'll see what happens with that but that again kind of sets in motion that you're gonna need some good innings by your starters because now your bullpen's kind of depleted you had Marte who looked really good he was he's out because of COVID and then you have Warren who has been an absolute stud since he's been in uh the majors out now because of you know we don't know again if it's COVID he has COVID or if he was just in contact with someone with COVID or what but at the end of the day he's not available to pitch so with Hotani on the mound you kind of felt comfortable um you know you're going to get a good six seven innings out of Otani no matter what. After the great eight inning out, uh, outing last time, that wasn't the case. Otani went only five innings, gave up four uh, five hits, four runs. It's the first time he's given up multiple home runs in God I don't know how long, but he ended up giving up three and I believe two of them were in the first inning. So already there you're kind of okay. Otani doesn't have his A stuff today, so you knew you're going to have to kind of put um, a couple runs on the board if you will, and they did. They put up six. They put up six behind the because of the bottom of the lineup. You look at Marsh, who in this game got his first um, home run of, of his of his major league career. So congrats. And if you guys have been following us on Halo Haven or on All Angels podcast, you know how we've known Brandon since his days at Single A, and he's been on the podcast since his day at Single A. Um, I was there for his first MLB game. So to see him kind of now finally get that first home run was really cool to see, even if I wasn't there live, but you had, you know, Joe Adele contribute. You had again, Brandon Marsh with, um, three hits. And I think the night before he had four hits for the win. So he's really, really contributing. But after that, Otani's over, um, you know, Fletcher was over Goslin Walsh and Iglesias all only had one hit. So they scored runs, but it doesn't seem like they scored enough because, so here comes the bullpen. Cantana um, gets a hold. Myers gets a hold. Now, because of those injuries or sickness or whatever, you had Jack uh or Jake per- Perica or whatever his name is, came up, 33 years old, a, 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 you know, a journeyman relief pitcher. Angels just recently signed him. You know, goes a, two-thirds of an innings, gives up four runs off of two hits and two walks. So, obviously, not great. Not the kind of... um Outing you want from a new guy that's coming up, but again, they just seem to struggle to hold leads this whole series, so they end up losing Tuesday or Wednesday's game six to four, which ends the losing streak of Baltimore, which I think they got up to like twenty or something like that. But then today, Thursday, we record this Thursday night, an absolute—I I, don't—it's—it's it, crazy. It's crazy to see this. Granted, like I said, this is the end of the road trip; they're coming home early game. Just, I'm sure a lot of these guys just want to get the heck out of there. Um, but Otani gets a home run, leads off the game with a home run, and that's it. That's all they get. Okay? That's all they get. One run the whole game. And then you have Jaime Barea giving up one run, uh, three and a third. So then there's that issue again as far as pitchers not going deep. Um, and then you put these guys in who, honestly, you look at these guys that pitched today out of the bullpen, and maybe only one really Belongs in the major leagues right now. And that's Andrew wants everyone else. Uh, Paguero again, he's going to be good. I just don't think he's there yet. And, um, he kind of showed his inconsistencies there. He walked three, um, gave up two hits, uh, ended up giving up five runs. Um, you know, so these guys aren't ready at these younger guys. Not everyone can come up and be, um, an Austin Warren and come up and completely shut things down. But, you know, the bullpen was a huge, huge, huge issue again. And part of that, I believe, is because some of these guys who are in the bullpen don't belong in the Major League bullpen. Not yet, at least. There's some young guys that are promising, like Poguero. But I just don't think he's quite there yet. And missing a, a Warren, missing, um, you know, a, a Marte, who does look ready by looking at his last outing, really seems like they missed it this time. And like I mentioned, Baltimore is a Major League team. Baltimore is a team that is going to – the guys on the field, at least. The guys on the field are playing to win. They're not trying to tank. They're not trying to get a better draft pick. They're not trying to do any of those guys. The way teams tank is from the front office, from the GM, from the president, from you know all those guys. When you get to the guys on the field, they're trying to win. They're trying to – and they mentioned it a couple times this weekend or this, this series this week, is a lot of these guys are – auditioning for jobs next year, whether it's with Baltimore or whether it's with another team, these guys are competing because they need, (laughs) they need jobs. So to think that just because of that, they're going to roll over and just play dead hats off to them because there's a lot of times where you get beat down so much. You don't know if you're going to get back up again, but these guys are professionals. These guys are trying to win and, and, and it showed because some of the efforts out there by some of these pitchers just aren't ready. We are also on Instagram Live if you're listening to the podcast. Um, some of the comments are coming in. These injuries are a joke and it happens every damn year. Everyone should train with Otani in the offseason. I'm 100% serious about that. It's absolutely insane how many injuries this team has. This team has. You say that, but Otani's biggest question was if he can stay healthy this year. This is Otani's first year with the Angels being healthy. So, yes, Otani did is a, has a healthy year, but let's not act like he's had his whole angel career been healthy. He had Tommy John. He had a knee issue. Last year he looked horrible. A lot of people were calling him overrated. A lot of people were saying, oh, see, it doesn't work. He's finally healthy this year. And Otani, who did again, hit, hit hit his uh major league leading home run today at Baltimore to lead off the game his 41st home run. Uh again, this guy's doing crazy stuff, but yeah, it's not act like he's been completely healthy his whole career. It seems like he kind of turned that corner and hopefully he can continue to be healthy the rest of the way through. But his first couple years with the Angels have been kind of um you know hurt by injuries. Again, Tommy John, um, because of the Tommy John, he also had a knee issue and that really affected his twenty twenty season. Um let's see what else. When you lose the best player in baseball and all start third baseman pretty much your entire rotation there will be struggles yes plus Fowler Stassi for a month Walsh for some reason for some time and bullpen pieces yeah Walsh has been a real big I mean we can look at a lot of guys in the lineup as of recently to um why they're or who's struggling who's who kind of needs to pick it up Walsh definitely is one of them if you look at Walsh's recent numbers again he got off to a a crazy hot start at the end of last year came in the beginning of this year crazy hot start at the beginning of this year deserved the MVP or not MVP, deserved an all-star uh birth deserved that for sure uh but you know since he's come back from his injury since the all-star break he has really been struggling you look at some of his numbers his last 30 games um he is slugging 315 uh and i think his he hit a home run on tuesday his first home run in some time in the last 30 games, only three home runs. This wasn't the same Jared Walsh at the beginning of this year, so that has hurt the offense definitely. Is it because maybe his back is still hurting and he's kind of out there because he feels like he has to be? Or is it just simply that he's playing more innings now in a major league level that he has ever have? Again, last year, 60-game season was already super, super uh short to begin with. And outside of that last month that Jared was with the team, he was kind of up and down a little bit the beginning of the of the 60 game series or 60 game season. Sorry. So he hasn't played a ton of games in and tw- 2000 uh, in this season, 21, he has played in 112 games in 2020, 32 and 1931. So by far he's played the most games in the majors this year than his whole career combined. Now, is he hitting a wall? Is he tired? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure he'll never come out and say that's the issue, but it could very easily be. So Walsh has been struggling. Fletcher, another guy who obviously brings up a lot of debate about hitter, good hitter, not good hitter, what is he as a hitter. But you look at even his um, average, you know, the thing that everyone kind of, when you talk about Dave, uh, David Fletcher, is like, well, look at his average. Look at his hits. Look at his average. You look at his average in his last 15 games, it's at 206. And again, this can be, you know, a reason why the Angels offense is struggling. It's not the only reason why. Same thing as Jared Walsh is struggling, isn't the only reason why. But Fletcher has been struggling. His last 30 games, he's batting .250. And again, his on-base is never very high to begin with. His on-base is .301 with his slugging at .290. I don't know if if pitchers are now starting to figure out how to pitch to him because He doesn't take a lot of pitches. If they throw that first pitch anywhere close to the strike zone on the outside, a little high, a little low, there's a good chance he's taking a hack at it, and there's a good chance he might be, you know, rolling the ball over, you know, sometimes it finds a gap, sometimes it finds a player, you know, so I don't know if pitchers are fine decided, you know what, let's just go right at him at the first pitch, we know he's going to swing and put it in play, maybe we can get lucky and he hits it at a guy and get a quick out, because like I mentioned, Fletcher is not walking, Fletcher is not... Getting on base any other way but his hits, and that can only, you know, take you so far. Another question, what's your opinion on the team not producing runs even if we had good uh, a good pitching day? I, you know, honestly, the biggest thing with that is just look at the lineup. Outside of Otani, you know, like I mentioned, Fletcher's struggling, Walsh is struggling, Marsh and Adele are kind of turning it around, are slowly coming, which is a huge, huge bonus. Marsh had an absolute crazy series and he's helped this team during this time Um obviously you guys all know about his slump when he came up a lot of the people were kind of worried about that but if you look at his last 15 games he is batting 4 or he's batting 375 with a 407 on base and slugging 554 so Brandon seems to be coming around seems to be making those adjustments if you watch the game uh what was it Tuesday night they had him post game and he said you know he wanted to come up. He wanted to struggle to see what he needs to work on, and it definitely seems like he has done that because his numbers are definitely coming around. You know, Joe, I think will be coming around. He does have that that that, that power that Brandon is lacking a little bit. But you know, you look at some of Joe's stats right now. His last you know his last thirty games aren't great. Two uh, two twenty nine. Uh, he's slugging. 337. I think he will come around. Um, he does have uh, one home run, that grand slam that was huge. Uh, he does seem to be like an RBI machine, though. He has 16 RBIs in his last 30 games, so seems like you know he's going to be on the coming around. Marsh is coming around, but you still need those guys at the top of the lineup: the Walsh's, the Fletchers, the guys, those guys who produce as well. Otani as well. Otani has been striking out, but you kind of take that with with what you get. You eat. Otani is like the all-or-nothing guy. He either strikes out or hits uh, an extra base hit, a home run, a double or a triple or something like that. But you kind of accept that because of what he's doing is putting the ball over the wall so much. A lot of money coming off the books. This offseason, Perry can turn this around quickly. Question is, will Artie and Perry actually do uh, actually do it? I don't know. You say a lot of money coming off the books. It's It's only really, you know... Pujols, which is a lot of money, granted, but um, we had a question on here. I asked for questions on our Instagram. Again, it's Halo underscore Haven on our uh, Instagram and our Twitter. Uh, The question was, top five free agents that Angels should be eyeing. Obviously, names can go back and forth. You know, some people like uh, uh, Correa or some people like Springer. Some people like Simeon for a shortstop situation. I don't think that's necessarily a huge that's probably not top of the list. Obviously, we are seeing it now more so than ever. You do need to kind of solidify that bullpen a little bit, and you might need to get one or two starting pitchers. I don't know necessarily if you go after a huge starting pitcher as far as um, name-wise Scherzer, Verlander, Granky, Kershaw. Like, I don't necessarily know if you go after those guys because the price of those guys scare me. I mean, until one of them signs and kind of sets the market, that's really going to scare me. But obviously, you're going to have to start going over some bullpen guys and and trying not to overspend, but trying to find kind of diamonds in the rough a little bit. And yeah, I think shortstop you do need to address the shortstop situation. Um, Correa, Simeon, uh, Seager. I'm trying to think. There's probably just a couple other ones that are going to be your top shortstops. And do you spend a lot of money on those? I'm not sure. But I, obviously, I think the main priority is um, the main priority is um pitching whether that's in the bullpen or starting rotation Pujols Cantana, Heaney that's about 50 million dollars for guys that have literally done nothing to help the team win well a lot of that is Pujols he's not even here Cantana, Bundy there are well Bundy was on a two-year deal Cantana was on a one-year deal so that wasn't a lot Heaney um you know was going to be a free agent so I don't think he was making tons of money anyways but you get rid of those guys you now you still have to fill it up you still got to fill those up so um you're going to have to fill that spot with Cantana, Even if cantana has gone, you're going to have to fill that spot with another pitcher. Does he make more than Cantana? Does he make less than Cantana? So yeah, that number, that $50 million sounds good, but you also have to use it to re-sign, you know, legit guys. And do you want to overspend? I talked about this a couple of podcasts ago about Otani and his upcoming free agency. If you're not familiar with the situation, Otani is playing this year, the rest of 2021, and 2022 under contract with the Angels at the end of 2022 he's going to go into arbitration his last year of arbitration if you're not familiar with it arbitration if you guys agree to go to arbitration the angels say he's worth this much otani and his people say he's worth that much for the single year and now if you can't agree to terms if you can't you know me in the middle then you go to arbitration and you make your case you know the angels will say why he's not worth that much money and why he's worth the money they think he's worth And that can get really personal. You hear some stories about guys going to arbitration and just kind of now losing, not respect, but you just kind of know where the team lies. You kind of look at the team's front office a little differently because of that. Now, do the Angels want to go through that with Otani, who has been known to be kind of a sensitive guy and, you know, an emotional guy? Or are they going to try to tie him up long term and buy out that last year of arbitration and, and, you know, and put in like an extension? So like a five, six year extension while buying out that last year of arbitration. If they do that, you're looking at, again, so for reference, um, uh, Trout and Rendon are about 38 and 37 respectively, million dollars per year. So what is Otani worth? You see what he's doing pitching-wise. You see what he's doing hitting-wise. Is it out of the question that he's worth $40 million per year? That's going to be the huge question. That's going to be the huge chunk of money the Angels are going to have to um, put forward to keep him. Now, if they have another big contract that they signed this year, let's say a pitcher, and that contract goes in for like four years, well, those two, Otani's re-signing and this pitcher, pitcher X, they're going to overlap. Are the Angels going to want to spend money? And again, it all comes down to what's already going to do. He has a reputation of kind of holding like i think the most they've ever spent is 181 million on the cap or on the on the luxury tax sorry there is no cap uh on the payroll is he now going to be willing to go over it when you still have to produce or still have to get organizational depth which is a huge question marks we have seen some of these young guys come up this year and do well brandon joe austin detmers Uh, Chris Rodriguez. We've seen guys come up and do well. Now again, in the offseason, you're hoping they're able to take the next step. Those guys are going to help this team a lot because they're going to be so cost controlled. They're going to be cheap. And if those guys are filling out the majority of your 26-man roster, yeah, now you can spend some more money on big names. But at the same time, you also have to kind of stock up the farm system, which means trading might not be a huge thing. You might have to you know, skip the trade market if you can, because you do need a farm system. People, a lot of people are saying, you know, we don't need canning. We don't need this person. We don't need that person. Let's trade them. Look at the rotation what it is now compared to what it was even a month ago or two months ago. You had Detmers. You had Chris Rodriguez. You had, um... You know a, a healthy Canning earlier this year who was struggling, but at least he gave you innings. You had all these guys. Now, look, you're out without Canning. You're without Rodriguez. You're without Sandoval. You're without Detmers for we're not sure how long. You're going to need overall organizational depth, so you can't really afford to trade a lot of these guys because you can never guarantee that a season's going to go, th- you know, 162 games without someone getting hurt, without maybe a couple people getting hurt, and you need that depth. A perfect example of this now is the San Diego Padres. San Diego Padres for the last handful of years have ha- had one of the best, like consensus, like top four farm systems for the last like four or five years because, you know, yeah, they would trade some of their guys away and rebuild and draft picks or trade away a, a guy and get three or four, you know, uh, prospects that turned in to be something. Well, this season they traded away. And even last season for Clevenger, for you Darvish, for Blake Snell, there's a lot of, trades they did to get pitchers that are ready now compared to what could have been in the future they went from being like a top three top four uh farm system and if you look at pipeline and will be pipelines team rankings that just came out recently this last week they are now down in the 20s i think now they're down like to 23 24 so it's great when you have it but if you're going to sell it off if you're going to trade it you better hope, A, that you can make a serious run, and B, everyone stays healthy. Because if you look at the Padres now, the team that's coming into Anaheim starting Friday and ending Saturday, their pitching depth is really struggling. It's because now they don't have some of these guys that, you know, Snell had an okay outing, but he's been really struggling recently. You've been struggling with with health. It would be really good for some of these guys now to be in the system to give you some depth. And that's, what worries me with the Angels? If they go out and start trading guys, you know, young guys, and get some of these older players, which is fine. It sounds great. They can, can they can help the team now. But what happens when those older players get hurt? What happens if those older players don't produce? You can't now fall back on your farm system and say, hey, let's get this young guy an opportunity to, to grow and build into, um, into a player because he's going to be gone. So this is a really interesting situation the angels find themselves in this offseason is do we rely on some of our young guys, get them up in the majors, save some money, re-sign Otani to a monster deal, but then have our hands tied. We really can't do too much after that. Yeah. You can probably get a couple guys for the bullpen, but are they going to be high name, high leverage type of guys? I don't know. And I guess part of that depends on the angels. If they feel comfortable enough, re-signing Iglesias, Rossell Iglesias, which I think is probably a must. Um, they need to do that this this off season. i'm not sure if it'll come during the season um but i think that is an absolute must for the angels is resigning Rossell Iglesias. after that do they feel comfortable with warren the eighth inning guy or um or marte being the eighth inning guy and and you know wants can be like a you know a seventh sixth seventh guy who can give you multiple innings i think he's proven that he might not be the a high-leverage type of guy right now, but he is a guy that can come in a situation and do respectfully. Yeah, he's going to have some rough games, but every reliever does. Um, but I think, you know, what do you do with Warren? Is he an eighth-inning guy? Because if he's an eighth-inning guy and you have Russell for the ninth inning, you have a pretty good one-two punch there. Um, like I said, Marte might develop into that eighth-inning guy. So you have young guys that could quite possibly fill that void. And if Sam Bachman comes up next year and you want to get him – kind of stretched out like let's say like they did with C-Rod at the beginning of this year and you start him out in the bullpen and he does well maybe you keep him there because he's more valuable to the bullpen as a bridge guy to the to the ninth or to the, to the eighth inning guy so there are young options for the angels right now and there's a lot of pitchers working their way through the system quick quick and you see it because of the way they drafted drafting uh, 19 out of the 20 pitchers this year were college guys that means they're almost there that means they need maybe a year a year and a half in the minors to really kind of fine tune some things, get used to big league hitting. And now we're seeing that we are seeing that more and more. So the offseason be really interesting, but I think you really do need to concentrate on uh, the bullpen, you need to concentrate on the pitching, the, the starting rotation, maybe one or two guys. And that's all you need. I don't think you need a whole super rehaul of, um of, of the bullpen for sure. So another thing that, uh, kind of happened not really related to the angels, but the name is synonymous with the angels. And that's um the Molina Yachty Molina, one year contract going to retire next year as a Cardinal. I bring that up as to say, you know, there's still people talking about Albert and what he's doing with the Dodgers and kind of wish he was still with the angels. I have a feeling. And I said this back then, I have a feeling that if he would have said the same thing Yachty did right now saying, Hey, my this year that we're talking about 2021 would have been his last year. I think they would have kept him. They would have kept him and done the whole ceremony, the whole um, pomp and circumstance of him going out there, you know, waving and stuff like that. But because he didn't, I think they had to do what they had to do and and DFA him. And then another thing too, a lot of conversation about Justin Upton. Justin Upton um, has been available to pitch hit this last couple games, but hasn't necessarily had the opportunity dealing with a calf issue, dealing with – you know, you, you hear a calf and you get worried because you think of Mike Trout. What happens with Upton next year? He's due, next year is his last year on his current contract. I think he's due something around $17-18 no trade clause. So that means you just can't easily just drop him off and say, here you go. You're going to have to have a team that he is willing to go to. And you're going to have to have a team that's willing to take him. And probably his money. Um, There was reports that came out. While Walsh was injured right around right after the all star break that Upton was taking grounders at first. Well, once Walsh came back, that kind of died down a little bit. Now it comes back maybe last week that he's doing it again. How do people feel about Upton playing first base next year, but also being a um but also maybe filling in in the outfield when guys are off or guys are tired or need days off. I think Marsh, Trout and Adele are your starting outfield health permitting the start of 2022. I think both guys right now have shown enough promise, enough upside and shown that they are very comfortable, um, doing, you know, playing at the major league level. You talk about Joe Adele, his biggest question mark coming into this season was his, defense which makes sense i mean obviously everyone watched what happened last year with joe in the outfield he does look like a totally different player he does look like he's 100% more comfortable and marsh well he's been a major league glove since you know 2020 or 2019 where i think i believe in 2019 he won the minor league like defensive player spring training or something crazy like that so marsh has obviously been ready ready to play defense for a long time Joe does look a lot better, which kind of links into uh Matthew asked on on our Instagram, what do you think that do you think the Angels are, are going to make any trades next offseason? I kind of talked about it a little bit right now. I don't think you touch Brandon and Marsh, and I mentioned before, cost control. These guys are going to be cheap. These guys are going to be able to perform at a major league or above level next year for sure. Now you can reinvest that money somewhere else, pitching, starting pitching, relief pitching extension, re-signing Iglesias. I think some of these younger guys, you need to keep a hold of because they're going to be cheap and if you want to spend money somewhere else and not go over, you know, the luxury tax or or, or flirt with the luxury tax, you're going to need a handful of these cheap guys in your 26-man um, roster to make the other guys, the Rossell, uh, you know, re-signing, the Otani maybe extension, um, obviously Trout and Rendon are, are, are making their money right now. To make all this happen, you need a handful of guys, young guys, that are that are cheap. And I, that's the reason why I don't think you trade Joe. I don't think you trade Brandon. You know, Jordan Adams is having, uh, you know, you haven't heard a lot of news from him, uh, but he is not, another top prospect type, outfield type. Maybe they go, you know, trade him. You know, you kind of feel comfortable with what the outfield is now for the next, you know, what Trout have left in him where he's going to play a high-level outfield another four or five years. You know, you could, you think theoretically there's our guys young, um, whether it's Calabrese who got drafted last year, whether it's Deshaun Knowles who's been doing really good at LN Empire. You know, in four or five years, those guys will be ready to take a spot in the outfield for sure. And maybe that's what you kind of hope for. Orlando Martinez, another outfielder who's been really good out in uh, Rocket City. He's a guy that can really compete for maybe a fourth outfield spot next year. Or maybe, you know, because he's done so good this offseason, maybe you do think about flipping him. But as far as guys that are on the major league roster or on the cusp of making the major league rosters, I think you hold on. You need these young guys. You need guys to um, make your overall payroll just a little bit cheaper so you can spend it otherwise. Because you think about, you think about, you know, what this team is and where it's so heavy is is that there's a lot of older guys there's not a lot of young talent i mean when you look at young talent before this season you know maybe you're thinking about jared walsh last the end of last year but other than that you know mike trout isn't 23 24 anymore he's not like the the kid you know this team got fairly especially the, the position players got got old quick you look at last year or the year before um you know Simmons was getting older. Uh, Fletcher was was pretty young. I think he was probably the youngest one. But then you had like you know Holes playing first. You had Rendon or whoever playing third. But it wasn't necessarily a young guy. And you had the outfield with Upton and, and kind of a, and Cole for a while. Those guys were older. Now it seems like they're getting kind of a a a, 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 a dose of youth in here. Whether it's Brandon Joe, um, we'll see if they bring up a, maybe a young guy to play shortstop next year. Who knows. But it does seem like they're getting a little bit younger. It looks like they're getting younger also in the bullpen. Definitely younger in the rotation. Um, But it just seems like this team has not had like a youth, um, a youth, how was the word I'm looking for, Uh, you know, revelation in such a long time. It seems like because of Trout, and which I understand. Trout is a guy where you want to win right away. You want to win while he's in his prime. So the best way of doing it, putting veterans around her, around him that, A, have proven that they can win or proven that they can do this or that. But at the same time, there's a cliff. At some point in everyone's career, you go after veterans, that cliff is a lot closer than if you go after some of these younger guys. Does it work for some teams? Absolutely. Has it seemed that it doesn't work for the Angels? <laughs> Absolutely. But at the same time, this is like the first time I can really remember – you know, that the Angels have young guys on the team that are gonna be there next year and year after that and have developed at least somewhat this season and you hope that next season they do the same. The Angels are young. Really young. And especially that pitching staff. If these guys are, can take if these guys can take steps this offseason and get better, you have Otani who's already done really, really well. This this pitchy staff, again, stays healthy, first and foremost, which always seems to be the hardest thing. But if they can do that and relatively healthy, this team can be competitive next year with that pitching rotation. I don't think it would need a lot of work. You hope that Sandoval comes back 100% off with his back issue you hope Chris Rodriguez comes back 100% healthy you you know Reed Detmers is able to take the next step those three guys alone with Otani, that's a fourth those are four guys four pitchers that if they do end up taking the next step can be a really good core for a team and then yes you do need a you need you do need Suarez you do need Berea, you do need Canning you do need some of these guys to add depth to the, to the rotation like i mentioned before If you think you're going to go through a whole season with six or seven starting pitchers, you're absolutely wrong. Look at any team in the majors right now. I guarantee you they probably have gone through like 10 different starters. You need depth. So you hope that you're getting more with some of these guys that they drafted. You hope that you're getting some from, again, Suarez, Berea, Canning. These guys can be just depth pieces. Someone's on the IL for 10 days. Someone needs to make one or two starts. You're not looking for them to go out there and throw no hitters. But you are looking for them to go out there, you know, six innings, two runs, five strikeouts. Like, that's good. Or three runs, six innings, something like that. You know, that's what you're looking for for some of those guys. And, and short spurts. Not, hey, we need you to do that for 10, ten starts. You know, if you can do that three times out of five starts, great. We'll, we'll take that. But the Angels are really in an interesting situation going in the next year. And I think it's easy to say now. As we sit here after they lose the series, the Baltimore, uh, that they are definitely out of playoff competition. As as the Angels sit right now, again coming home to start a series against San Diego on Friday and Saturday, off day Sunday. Angels are thirteen games out of division, and then if you want to look at the wild card, nine and a half out. So. Now it's about let's see what they have in in the system. Maybe you start do start seeing a lot of guys that are um, young coming up at the same time. You have to worry about DFAing. You don't want to lose someone that you might that you might want to hold on to. Depth depth is important. Less injuries and bats need to step every game. Uh, bats yeah bats need to step up every game, but it's just the likelihood of that happening isn't very high. You know you're going to have your games where you score twelve runs. You're also going to have your games where you're scoring. Two runs. You just need to make sure that you know you you have those games, but you need a majority of of games to where you score five runs where you can kind of go either way. And I think that's what's been lacking, but also too, you look at the guys out, Trout, Rendon, those guys are difference makers. These those guys, you know, extend this lineup to make it so much better. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, so if you're on Instagram live and you missed it talking about Fletcher struggles, talking about Walsh struggles. These are the guys that because of the injuries, because of the guys out, you're leaning on. And yeah, maybe it's unfair because these guys are not that type of player. You saw what Walsh was able to do when, you know, when the majority of the lineup was healthy. You saw what Upton was able to do when he was healthy. It just seems like this 162 game season has really beat down some of the older guys. And has you know done some of the same for the younger guys like Jared Walsh, like I talked about before this season. He has played maybe thirty; his career high was like thirty-six games in the major league season. Now he's at like a hundred and you know thirteen or something like that. So he has played a ton more games than he's used to. Maybe it's just something as simple as hey, you know you heard of a, uh, a sophomore slump? It could be something as easy as that hitting a wall. It could be as easy as that. Back could be bugging him, but if he comes back healthy next year, this offense should you know pick up. Do you think Trout comes back for the remainder of the season? He has been running, he has been doing some exercises, so there that's encouraging. Do I think he comes back? I think he comes back, but I think he comes back at a very limited rate, meaning maybe three times a week. Um, maybe in a corner corner outfield spot. I do think he wants to get out there. I do think the Angels want to see him out there, just to see where he stands with everything, how he moves. I do think if he does come back, it's going to be limited. It's going, like I said, it's going to be like three days a week. You know, I, I doubt you'll see him play, you know, like he normally would—six, seven, eight, nine games in a row. I, I don't think you see that at all. I do think if he does come back, he kind of tests it out a little bit. Game here, game there. Maybe goes to a back-to-back. Highly doubt you see him a, a day game after a night game kind of deal. Um, just to kind of get that competitive juices and kind of get that running again, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully with about a month left in the season. Do you think if anyone on the starting roster were... were uh, you think if everyone on the starting roster were healthy, Angels would make the playoffs possibly number one in the AL West? I don't think they would be number one in the AL West because you look at a team like Houston. Houston looks really good. Um, but I, do I think they would be in a wild card? i picked them the to be in a wild card if everyone was healthy at the beginning of the year. And that's before we knew what Sandoval was going to be or how good, um, before we knew if Walsh's situation was legit from last year or if it was just a, a blip on his career. I thought this team was good enough to get a wild card spot. And, I, and I'm kind of saying the same thing now. If this team is exactly the same, minus the injuries, Trout's in there, Rendon's, I think they are really competing for a wild card spot. I just don't think they are there yet. Compete for the division now again. These young pitchers take a step up. Otani gets a little bit better. Otani maybe pitches a little bit more because I think that's where he's really going to impact the team with a healthy uh lineup. He's going to affect the team better as a pitcher than a lineup because now you have Trout and Rendon and you know Walsh and uh you know Joe and Brandon kind of turning it around. They can really carry a lineup by themselves. Otani will help the team definitely pitch if he pitches more. But, yeah, I think they would be like a wild card if everyone was healthy. It would be hard for me to say they will be first in the West because Houston is so good and they do have a lot of good players. What are your thoughts on the Angels owner and where the direction of as an organization is going? Obviously, Artie is an owner. This People love to say this is a child's game. This is a child's game, but this is a man's business. And Artie, Artie runs it like a business, which I can't fault him for that. For a lot of these owners that own major league teams, these are toys. Let's be honest. These guys who made this money to afford teams, you know, they buy teams as for fun. Yeah, as an investment, but for fun too, because they're getting, you know, billions of dollars somewhere else. Artie as an owner isn't is an owner. He's not a baseball fan. That's my opinion. I don't think he's a baseball fan. He's here to make money. And that sucks as Angel fans, that sucks as a team that you want to see well and you want to see a guy get involved in the team. But when your owner really only shows up to, what, like 12 home games a year, you can't expect too much out of them. So it sucks. You just hope, as an Angel fan, as I do, late in life he decides to listen to people around him more. And quit being so damn hard headed, and maybe that helps. And maybe that's maybe honestly, maybe that's what helped with the pool holes DFA. Maybe Perry was able to get into his ear and say, "This is going to help the team. This is why." Um, and Artie was listen to it. So we'll see this off too. If Artie's if Artie is hands off, and Perry can run the offseason like he wants to, I think you'll be able to tell by who they sign and the deals and all that stuff. So I honestly think. Perry might have the ear of Artie just because I see them bringing up more young guys. I've never seen this before. They DFA Pujols, which everyone knew Artie loved Albert. They DFA'd him. So maybe this offseason Perry does have the ear of Artie, and maybe this is kind of turns it around. We'll have to wait and see. But there's some things that happen throughout this year that kind of makes me go, hmm, maybe Perry is talking some sense in the Artie or at least telling Artie, hey, I got this, leave me alone, Kind and stepping up and kind of, you know, GMs always want to keep their job. So, of course, when the owner comes barking around, they're going to do whatever it takes to keep their job. And maybe Artie, um, maybe Perry's kind of stepping up to Artie a little bit and he's able to do more. How much do pitching struggles have to do with analytics and shifts? I don't think it does anything with analytics and shifts. I think pitching struggle is just right now for the Angels. You have Bundy out there who obviously isn't the Bundy of 2020. That's not analytics. That's just dude just, like I said, when you get veteran players, there's a cliff. Sometimes it comes sooner than others. Shifts, people hate the shifts. People love the shifts. Until I see someone say, hey, the shift helped us 80% of the time but hurt us the other 20% of the time or vice versa, the you know, shifts are the shifts. They're going to be here to stay. You know, people want to talk about hitting. If if batters hate the shift so much or, or bugs them so much, they'll learn to go the opposite way. Obviously, it doesn't bug them that much. So they're going to keep on shifting. I have no problem with the shifts. Personally, uh, personally, I don't like the guy. I think he is a new Frank McCord, and we haven't got anything for Trout to support a championship caliber roster. No, I mean Frank McCord is kind of on the way, and I don't think Artie's going to go bankrupt uh, for with this team. I think that's kind of, I mean, maybe as a as a maybe as a baseball guy, maybe, but as a businessman, yeah, I don't think he's there. Um, what do you say to people who keep saying Angels are wasting Trout on Otani's career? Otani's career just started. This is his third year, so to say that they're wasting his career is a bit overblown and a bit quick. Like I mentioned, Otani's still fairly young. Again, this third year, I honestly—that's I, too soon. Trout wasting his career. Listen, Trout had an opportunity to get out when when he before he resigned. Now, do I think he? Now do I think he is um probably upset that the Angels aren't doing great? Yeah, but he had his he had his opportunity to get out. He didn't get out. He knew what the what the risk was. As every player does. You you sign long term with a guy with a team, you know there can be some up and down. So I don't feel like they're wasting Trout's career. I think Trout if he felt that way, he would got out. They're paying him very handsomely. So if you're going to waste his career like that, I wish someone would waste my career like that and pay me that way. Um, he's the Jerry Jones of baseball. Again, I think it's Artie. Uh, He needs to take a back seat and let his others do their job. But as the owner, like I said, these other guys, they want to keep their job too. Artie is just trying, or um, Perry and those guys are just trying to keep their job. And if Artie says jump, I'm afraid they're going to say how high. Uh, Albert Pujols has been one of the best hitters in baseball against lefties this season, something that Walsh is awful at. Well, Walsh earlier this year was better against lefties. You saw those numbers early in the year when he was on his all-star pace were better. As of recently, coming back from the injury, coming back after the break, yes, those numbers have gone way down. But again, I don't know if it's because he's tired, if his back's still bothering him. There's a hundred different things I can think what's wrong. That's the reason why he's struggling right now. But if you look at his numbers pre. All-star break, he was hitting lefties just fine. It wasn't like out of this world or anything like that, but it was respectable. So, again, don't know if it's injury still kind of nagging or or what. But, yeah, um, you know, you hope it comes around in the beginning of next year. He's able to kind of have a fresh start, full health, and everything, and he's able to hit lefties again. Uh, Marsh is playing like a vet. Yes, Marsh has been absolutely killing it. The young guys, him and Joe, have been doing really well. Uh, Joe looks completely different in the outfield. I I can't believe the the difference I see in Joe in the outfield. Um, But Marsh has, has been done, has been doing really, really well. And he's said, he's said so himself. He needed the struggle in the beginning to see what he can work on for sure. Walsh needs to keep getting at bats versus lefties. I'm afraid they'll sit him versus lefties next year and they'll doom him. I think they'll give him an opportunity. Like I said before, I think they will give him an opportunity to hit against lefties next year. Now, if his struggles from right now carry over to next year or past, you know, let's say the first couple months of next year, then, yeah, then I think you do need, though, to really think about platooning. Just because, like I said, you you need to see what he can do back healthy, rested. If he hits lefties again, then, yeah, you're right. You keep him in there. But if he continues to struggle, maybe they found something, found a hole in his swing or something like that. Um, I, I, you know, hopefully he readjusts and can make adjustments this offseason. But I think you still need to give Jared Walsh those opportunities going in the next season for sure. Uh, That's the plan to platoon with Justin Upton. Yeah, at first, we'll see how that goes. Again, Upton has been taking ground balls at first. He did a little bit when Walsh was injured, then kind of stopped for a little bit. Then he started taking ground balls again recently. But because of his calf injury, he stopped. So you have Upton that can be a utility guy. Um, next year again really overpaid utility guy but a utility guy that can give you um, innings in the outfield and innings at first base possibly 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 but again i do i do think you give jerry Walsh an opportunity to hit against lefties the rest of this year and the beginning of next year but if you're a couple months into the season i really think you really need to i think you really need to tweak that a little bit and see what happens any chance we see Thice at catcher next year you think i don't I don't. I think Dice is going to be um, a jack of all trades and a master of none. I think if they felt comfortable with Theis, um they would have brought him up already playing catcher. I know he's playing a lot more catcher this year, but like I mentioned, I think that's like an emergency type of situation where, um, you know, I think they do need to sign Stassi next year as far as a backup catcher. Maybe a backup catcher. I don't know. I don't think he's going to start as a catcher next year. Regardless, if he's a backup, okay, maybe, but I don't know. I I do not feel comfortable with him, a catcher. I know he's working on it, but sometimes if you can't be a catcher, you can't be a catcher, regardless of what's going on. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Do we sign any big names, Kershaw or Serger? I don't think so. Kershaw, I said this before, if he doesn't sign with the Dodgers or the Rangers, his hometown team next year, I will be completely surprised. I honestly think if Kershaw signs with a different team, he's going home for maybe the last two or three um, years of his career. Or I can see him, you know, signing two or three years with the Dodgers and finishing out as a legendary Dodger. Until I see Kershaw in a different uniform, I won't believe it at all. Sergio, on the other hand, I wouldn't mind going after him, but the deal has to be right. It cannot be long. It ha- you have to really be able to con- cost control because, you, like I mentioned before, the Otani contract is coming. And it's not impossible that I see him going for $40 million a year once that happens. So, Serger, yeah, the numbers have to make sense. I don't think it's a blank check situation. We need to get him no matter what. I think the numbers have to make sense with him. Who's off the books this offseason and are still paying Hamilton money? No, we're not paying Hamilton money. Really, everyone's off the books except for Fletcher, Otani, Trout, Rendon, and... Um, I think that's all. They're really that's the only people that are committed, fully committed to paying for next year. But um, obviously, you're gonna have to resign Walsh to. I think he's in arbitration maybe this year, or maybe it's his last year pre arb. You got a bunch of young guys pre arb. So um, the only guy with big money coming off the books is a um, is Pujols. What are the top tier starting free agents this winter, and which ones would you buy? We can get more into that as this offseason gets closer. There's a bunch of guys too who can opt in, opt out, that can really change the starting pitching um, market. Because if some guys opt out that we're not even talking about, that can really change. I think um, Strowman's one of those guys where I think he has an option to where he can opt in or opt out. And if he opts out, changes the landscape completely. Um, Syndergaard said today he doesn't see himself anywhere with the Mets. He might be doomed if if, uh, if terms of signing front end free agent pitchers. See, I don't care what players say about that team they're with right now. I do not believe a word they say. I What else are they going to say? Same thing when the whole thing with Rossell came up, and I love it here, I want to play here. Cop, I want to love it here. I want to play here for, you know, I want to keep on playing. Well, what else are they going to say? They're not going to say, well, this place sucks. These crowds sucks. These management sucks. They're not going to say any of that stuff, even if they believe it. So when a player says, I feel X about, I feel great about this team and where I'm at, I don't believe it. I don't believe a word they're saying. What else are they supposed to say? Do you think uh, Shohei can maintain this play right now? I love the guy, but this is really his first real um, effective year on the mound and hitting. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing next year is, A, does he keep on doing it? And B, can he maintain it? Hopefully he does. I see with the year he's going to have this year, the MVP type year, they're going to give him every opportunity to continue to do it. Can it happen for the next two years? Yes, I think so. Anything past that, get a little bit older, father time comes into play. Not 100% sure. So we'll definitely see. Um, so we definitely see what will happen there. But I think next year, I definitely think you see Otani doing the same thing he's doing now. So this is going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels podcast. This is going to wrap it up for my Instagram Live. Thank you everyone for jumping on and asking questions. If you are late to the Instagram Live and you just jumped on within the last, uh, I think I've been going for the last like 50 minutes or so, go back, listen to the podcast. It'll be posted tonight. Or tomorrow morning, listen to it on your commute to work. Um, we talked about a lot of like off-season stuff and obviously a little bit about my thoughts about the Baltimore series and where it went completely wrong. So again, if you're just joining Instagram Live right now, um, check out the podcast in about a couple hours, All Angels Podcast. Anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcast, or not Google, uh, Amazon Music, and all that stuff, definitely check it out. Alana, thank you very much. Uh, you have a good night. It's, it's not even a game on and you're on this late. Wow. Dedicated. I really, really appreciate it. Um, but thank you, guys. Check out the podcast. Uh, look for another one Sunday, off day. Hopefully there's better news against, with injuries and better news with results of games against San Diego. So, again, I am Dan Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast.